Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. All right, Veritas, hey, we are back with part two of our podcast, just kind of diving in a little bit deeper to biblical masculinity, biblical femininity, a series that we did called Sacred Gender. And I have some people here with me that I really respect and admire. First of all is my wife, Emily. Hey. We have Garrett Hufford. Yo. And Carly Hufford. Hi. And my name is Matt Hofert, one of the pastors on staff. And so we spent some time last podcast talking about masculinity. Now I want to hear more from, from the women just as far as biblical femininity goes. And we just did this uh, sermon series. I'm going to kind of highlight some main points. And it was men and women are both created in God's image, equal worth, equal value, equal dignity. We believe the Bible teaches that very clearly. Men and women were created with unique differences on purpose by a good God. So it wasn't an accident that men and women are unique, that they are different. And finally, biblical womanhood is embracing the inclination to help men lead in godliness. Other women live in godliness while modeling godliness. And so Emily and Carly, I would just love to hear maybe some initial impressions to just the sermon in general and the text that we were able to dive into. So after listening to that, after diving into God's word, what were some things that came to mind? What were some initial thoughts? Um, I walked away and I was, I was definitely challenged, um, but I was also very encouraged um, just by even going back to being reminded of Genesis where uh, like there was no um, companion. I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> Can you help me find a word? <laughs> help me find a word. <laughs> helper? Like suitable helper? Or... Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, for him. Well, comparable helper. My my translation says comparable. And that was just very like encouraging to me that it was like not someone less than. Um, and that Adam on his own was inadequate. And that's why like God made Eve. That's why God had him name all the animals and see if there was a comparable helper for him. And he came to the end and there wasn't. So he saw his lack and, um, yeah. And also I would say I, I'm very much like a rule follower. So I'm more like, Jake, tell me all the rules that I need to do. Tell me how exactly I should be like leading in godliness. Like give me like three steps so that I can check them off. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those type of things. Um, so yeah, I was definitely encouraged and I was also very challenged of how am I actually living out those um, three thing, three points that he made um, and am I doing it well um, and where can I grow? That's great. Emily, what about you? Yeah. I, I mean, just like the men's series, I'm so glad that we're talking about this as a church. Um, I think that, yeah, like, you know, I, I, I went home and I think sin does and culture does make you want to push back against it a little bit in some areas. And I had a little bit of those moments and I just encourage people to just lean into those and kind of um, work through anything that they want to push back on. But I also just was reminded that like, 
there are a few pieces of scripture that talk specifically to women and their role and, you know, how God sees them in a relationship and in their home. But all of the scripture is also for you as well. You know, I just, I felt like God was reminding me, like, my promises are for both of you. My commands are for both of you. And so God has so much to say um, to say to both of us. And these are just a, sp- a few specific things of how he has uniquely created women. And I'm so thankful for it. And it was so fun to just kind of go back and just kind of be reminded of what those were. So uh, this might not surprise you, but I'm not a woman. Uh, <laughs> I, I would just love to spend a little bit of time, though, talking about because I it there are a lot of Christians and also just a lot of people in general that when they just hear biblical masculinity, biblical femininity, men's, women's roles, so something inside of them just doesn't feel right. right. They, they, they push back, they rebel, they think that this is not the way it is. Why is that? And, and what are some of those things that they push back on? From the time you are little as a girl, you are told you don't need a man. You are independent. You can do everything um, for yourself, by yourself. You need no one and definitely not a man's help. Um, for anything, um, which is a distortion of, of like the truth. Like as a woman, I am, I am a whole person, but that I'm like, (laughs) you're doing great, Carly. We got you. Um, that like, I am a, I am a whole person and, but there, but I'm not necessarily, called to be just independent and rely on myself and not rely on the Lord and all of those things as well. Right. Well, I think you see that like, and we've talked about this before, but you even see that like God lives within community, right? So there is a sense of like, even from like a design standpoint made in the image of God, there is a sense of like, we're not made to be like alone. Like we're not made to be on an Island alone. And like, you saw that in how God went through creation and like that you are not intended to be outside of community. Like there is a, there is a like dependency on others mm-hmm. too. That's good. I would love to like, what, what does it look like? So we, we threw out the term helper and, and by we, I mean God's word throws out the term helper, right? A suitable helper. Uh, what, what does that practically look like? Cause there's ways that, probably aren't helpful, then there's things that, that are helpful. And Jake kind of gave us two continuum or two ends of the spectrum. One was being undermining, being combative, always pushing back, being, I mean, just really conflict centered. Then the other one was being passive and being walked all over. Right. So, so if those are the two ends of the spectrum that aren't helpful, what does true help look like? Yeah. And I think you touched on this Garrett, but I, it was really helpful interesting um to know that like the holy spirit is called a helper in scripture and i was like nobody thinks of the holy spirit as less than you know and so uh that was really that was a good moment for me um but i i think that like i think a question i've asked myself a lot over the past however many years has been how can i be helpful for my family you know how can i be helpful to matt what what can i do what does this next season of my life look like not thinking what am I really good at and what am I wanting to do with my time or whatever, but instead like switching your thinking to like what is most helpful for the the family that God has entrusted me with. Um, 
And I, I think that could look lots of different ways in lots of different situations. And Jake really touched on like being helpful to your husband to help him fulfill the calling that God has given him. And I definitely think that that is a big part of it. But also like, you know, what I'm helpful with right now in this season of our life is raising our kids and building this home that they're being raised in. Um, so that's helpful to our family. Um, I said the word helpful about 25 times. I think, and I, <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that yeah. helpful? Is that a helpful answer? That is helpful. <laughs> Very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about the distinction between helping your husband be more godly and doing the things God has called him to versus helping your husband do what he wants to do. Because one, you are called to be a helper for. The other one, not necessarily. I would say like early on in our marriage, I probably got those things like very mixed up. Um, I knew that I was to submit to my husband and I knew I was called to be his helper. And I floundered through through that very like poorly. Um, just thinking, oh, well, if he wants to get together with somebody, that's fine. Like I could never, I felt for myself and this was not something true if I were to say, hey, like, could you stay home? But like letting that be known, it was like, nope, I will keep that to myself. That's a me thing, not a him thing. And let him do whatever he wants to do. And um, yeah, it got to a point where I'm sure I was crying at some point. <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> and like just said, like maybe like I can't think of the exact conversation, but like I need you home more. Um, every time you say yes to something else, you're saying no to us. And it wasn't necessary. And that was obviously I wasn't being helpful to him. Um, it was just like, sure i guess or even in just big decisions in our um family life of like well garrett i'm gonna let garrett make the choice i'm not even going to like give myself the chance to speak up even though he was probably wanting me to and would have actively like listened um to me but in my mind i'm like i have to be submissive so it was like even a skewed view of what it was to be a helper mm -hmm. and to submit. And yeah, it wasn't, I will say, it wasn't that like our marriage was bad at that time, but it could have probably been a whole heck of a lot better. We could have made wiser decisions, um, all of those things, if I had actually looked to God's word and um, really understood what it meant this is a little bit different for uh, the women's side of things when we talk about this, but uh, you as women can find your identity in Christ or you can look for it in other things and people. Um, what does it look like when you're finding it in Christ? And then maybe what are some signs that, that you're not? I think, yeah. So um, 
I struggled early on. I would see like this girl that was a really like marathon runner. She looks really great in whatever clothes. Oh man, she's baking homemade bread and all the things for her kids and everyone's eating organic and we're eating like my, I just introduced my kids to pigs in a blanket the other day and I was the best mom. And I was like, I should make this more often. Or I see the mom that's, you know, really smart or career driven and making money for her family or whatever. Um, and I would put those all into one person and be like, I am not enough. You know, like I am not enough. And then I realized that like nobody's enough. Nobody's all the things, you know, nobody is. I even encouraged another mom the other day because she was, you know, I, momhood was a lot. And I was like, you know, one day you're going to be good at like making sure everyone's clean. And the next day you're going to be good at cooking, you know, and the next day you're going to be good at making sure the house is picked up and you're not going to get all those things done in the same day. Um, so I think I just, the, the idea, and it, it talked about it in first Peter, I think of the gentle and quiet spirit. And it's like, when you think of a woman that has the gentle and quiet spirit that first Peter's talking about, it doesn't mean she's never talking and, you know, I have a lot of friends that have a gentle and quiet spirit that are very godly women and are loud, you know, and funny and all those things. Um, but it's this calmness that you have. Um, and he, he talked about that being, you know, coming from that you have hope in the Lord. And it's like, when you have that, um, the, the surroundings, you know, you are aspiring to do well for your family and raise your kids well, but it's not this comparison. It's coming from this identity that you have in Christ and it will be a forever journey. I mean, you're, you'll struggle with it, you know, throughout your life, but that's hard for women, that area, but just, you know, finding your hope in the Lord and just that, that spirit that of calmness and peace that he gives you throughout that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And Help me, Harley. No, I would completely agree. And I think with the advent of like social media, we're like bombarded with that all the time. And as I was just telling our connection group, um, there are times where I just, first of all, need to get off Instagram. And there are people that I have just chosen to like unfollow. And I, told them I'm like it's not them it really truly is a me problem and I have to get that under control before I can like rightly like view their their pictures their content and it's nothing bad but it creates envy within me of looking at their life and their life is just a snapshot of what they choose to put on and it's all the good things and they can put a filter on it and make it look wonderful. And in my mind, I'm like, that's not real life. That's not my life. How can I make my life look like that? Like I was looking up how to make sourdough bread the other day. I'm never going to make sour. I shouldn't say never, but. Uh, <laughs> not the season. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and like, I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? Like not the sourdough bread is a totally benign thing. But in my mind, I'm like. To be a real woman means that I can make sourdough bread and I can keep my starter alive. I can do all these things. And I'm like, no, at this moment, the Lord has just called me to keep my children alive. (laughs) Not not the sourdough starter, which I probably would kill. So, (laughs) Well, I think that there too is that there's this like the weight of expectation to be the superwoman, kind of to what Emily was talking about. There's like, you need to be everything that a woman is plus take on all of the things that uh, like the, the roles of a man as well. Like, and then you're supposed to be able to handle all of it <laughs> with grace and perfection. 
and to be able to express that to other people. And you're like, man, that is just no wonder we have such a like high rate of anxiety and depression and just identity crisis, like internally among a lot of women. Cause I think there is a, there is, there is not freedom in taking on the expectations of every person. Um, and I think that that's a, it, I think there is a, there is a level of God's word. There is freedom in like what God has called us to. And I think the, where we run into it is when we don't see, when we don't see the beauty of how God's created it and we like, butt against it is like, is really when we feel the, the weight of those things outside of, as opposed to the freedom of like living within God's design. Um, talk a little bit about, so, uh, Helping men leading godliness, I feel like we've talked about that quite a bit. Also helping other women leading godliness. And so we're kind of at the age where there's people who are far more mature than us, and there's also people who are less mature than us, both in age, but then also in godliness. So so what does that specifically look like for you to model godliness to other women or to spur them on or to encourage them in their godliness? That's a big question, too. Um, I think, you know, and kind of referring to Titus 2 a little bit, he talked about that on Sunday. Um, There's a lot in that. Um, And, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm not sure where I want to even start with this. But um, I think that, you know, it's reverent in behavior, not slanders, not addicted, you know, teach good to younger women. And in different seasons of your life, it looks different. Like you were talking about the single gal will look different than a married woman. Um, in this season right now, I have younger kids in my home. That's my biggest priority. Garrett, you talking reminds me of the phrase I try to remember all the time. Every yes is a no. So even just like thinking about this podcast, like the yes to this podcast is a no to my kids who are, I mean, how many kids are running around the church right now, Carly? I don't know. Lots of children that are probably buying flatbreads and smoothies from the cafe and we don't know what they're doing. So, you know, every yes is a no. And I think in many seasons of womanhood and a momhood, like you have to really be selective about your yeses um, and being okay with the no's that you, you have. Like there are so many women that are so qualified to like do really big things in the world, you know, and probably sometimes more qualified than the men, you know, in some situations, but God has called you to build a home. So if you have if you have a home and you have some kids and you have a husband, like, and that's always going to lean into the question. And I was honestly hesitant to do this with, you know, with Carly, just because we're in the same season of life. We're both stay at home moms. We're both educating our kids at home. Very similar. It doesn't have to look exactly the same for every person. And God doesn't give specifics in scripture, I think for a great reason, you know, obviously we're not all in the same situation, but I think just being available for your home, like whatever that looks like in the season of your life, like if your home needs you, you need to be able to say yes to it. Um, and so everything around that needs to be flexible, um, whether that's a career, whether that's um, whatever that is. And I think early in our marriage, we set up our finances in a way that we were flexible to be able to be available to our home. Um, so for uh, me in this season of life, it's mainly a yes to my kids right now. Um, and whoever's running alongside me and I see in that arena, um, it, you know, I can pull those people in at the same time. But just remembering that, um, that yeah, that's a big, that needs to be a big yes to our women in our church. 
as we are raising, I mean, Carly, you can talk into this too. I just kept thinking like, it, it's not a, it's not a weaker thing. You know, I'm, I was thinking like, if you've ever seen a woman have a baby, like we're definitely not weaker. And I, I want to raise, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and I mean, Amen. I think like, let's go even like getting the flu, like Matt and I get the flu, we go here, babe. Sure. Go like, ahead. It's like I get a nap maybe. And Matt is like down and out for a whole week. Days. So let's just, let's just, you know, just forget about it. It's not, it's not a sign of weakness. Um, and I want to raise my kids in a way that they're strong kids and they're smart. And man, our kids are going to grow up in a culture that is different than the one that we're growing up in right now. And they're going to have to defend their faith in ways that we never had to. And if we're not saying yes to the families that we have and the kids that we're growing in our homes, um, and we have more time with them, not that the men aren't doing that, but we need to make sure that we're, we're, um, we're committed to, to making sure our homes are in a, in a strong place. I love the quote from Sunday. It said, raising kids who love Jesus. So it was moms, moms, raising kids who love Jesus can be one of the most world changing things you can do. Mm-hmm. And you know what my first thought to that was? Your kid may grow up and not love Jesus, but you know what? You can be confident that you did. They have God's word in their heart. They mm-hmm. heard mom singing hymns all the time. That's truth in their head. And when they get to a dark place, when they're older, they're going to have that. And they're going to, they're going to say to themselves, I don't know how I got here, but I know that my mom prayed for me my whole life. And, you know, like I just, you don't have control about whether or not they're going to love the Lord, but, um, but that's a big deal. What did you do when they were in your home? (laughs) You know, we've got a 14 year old, she's got four years left and I'm feeling the crunch time and it's not, it's not long. You have to, you have to be available to them even when they're older, you know, (laughs) like it, it changes because they're here and there and they're going every direction. But you know, a good friend of mine that mentors me said, you know, I don't, I, I just got to say no to a lot of things because I don't know when he's going to get home and I want to be there when he's home. Mm-hmm. So I just being that. available to your home, I think is huge. Yeah. One yeah. of my, one of my favorite, uh, we've talked about this quote a number of times, but I think that, uh, GK Chesterton has a quote says the most extraordinary thing in the world is an ordinary man, an ordinary woman and their ordinary children. And I think just for us of like, Hey, it's okay to just to kind of live a boring life that is not not necessarily about is not about us um and like our every whim and every desire and every dream that we're chasing and it's like are we are we just like holding fast to jesus and pursuing him and are we available are we both available to our families and in our yeah and i know like in the season of life that i'm in there's often times where i can be envious of other other women who get to like meet other women for coffee and stuff like that and I'm like it's just not the season of life I'm in um and like discipling like I'm first and foremost called to disciple my children and that takes up a lot of my time and there's just not a lot of extra time I can give outside of my home to that and Garrett definitely encourages me that that's enough um and that right now like I am like leading younger women they're just my children and even uh the other night when we were making dinner Eden was helping me and uh, she was cutting up some avocados and a few of them had gone bad because they had were like pushed back in the fridge (laughs) and so I was just talking about how in homemaking like that was something that was poor on my part 
because it was a waste of money because the food had gotten pushed back in the fridge and so we hadn't used it. And so just making sure, you know, just teaching her those like simple things um, that I are very important in running a home um, and realizing that that is an important thing to like teach my child and disciple her even like in and like, I am a steward of our resources that God has given me. And so I want to use those well. And so here's a way that we can use them well. And just even in those like little moments, it's easy for me to like gloss over that and be like, oh, that avocado, just throw it away. But it's a teachable moment and also a good reminder for myself. Um, But not to like skip over the fact that like these little people in my home um, are so important and that the outside, I can view the outside world as being more important. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I would say that would be an encouragement to women who are like in, like as Carly's talking about that, just thinking even in that though, like other women are watching um, and are like, are seeing like how you, how you like, organize our home and how you discipline and how you treat our kids and like other people see that and even though it's not a direct like sitting across from them you know or a a small group necessarily like you are discipling the women of our church um in a way uh that maybe like it doesn't look the same as it will you know 20 years from now or 15 years from now but like it like it's there is a sense of, Hey, at this time, this is like, this is my main focus. And like, I still feel like you do a good job of when a question's asked, you answer it very honestly and like tie it back to, uh, the Lord. And I, I think even though you can't like give a ton of yourself, you still give yourself to a lot of people, uh, just in like smaller, smaller areas. And like the Lord's going to bless that, you know? So, You mentioned in the previous podcast uh, that men are leading. It's just a question of are you leading in a good way or not? And I think the same thing's true. Women, you are influencing. The question is, is it in a good way or mm-hmm. not? And so just being mindful. I mean, we looked at a few examples from Scripture of Rahab and Esther and Ruth where they were influencing in good ways. And we also contrasted that with negative ways like Jezebel and Delilah. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so you are influencing. It's just a question of what is your influence and is it good or bad? Mm-hmm. Something else I would say, I, I feel like we've talked a lot about people kind of in our stage of life with kids in the home. There's also women who are older than us, more mature than us, whose kids are no longer in the home or else who just didn't have, have kids. Uh, it's a challenge to them to really get in the game and just be intentional, mm-hmm. right? And whether it's a neighbor kid or somebody in the church or a college student or whatever, who are you pouring into? And then also on the other side of that, younger women, just be mindful of who you are letting influence you. Um, we talked about earlier, the social media and comparison and all that stuff. It's like, don't look to them as who you want to emulate. Look to somebody who is finding their worth and their value and their identity and their character in Christ versus in other people's approval of them. So I think that's something big. I think too, like just a general, I think that's a, I think that's a good word. I would say also just general discernment when it comes to like authors and like uh, Instagram personalities and like do do the due diligence to like consider 
um, like how they view God's word and being willing to actually do the hard work of um, considering those things before you like dive like nose deep and also always allowing um, like God's word to be the, the foundation and like the main source of of like the influence in your life, um, outside of like, uh, of other books, they're good. Um, and they can be good. They can also be very detrimental. Um, and just a, just a, and Carly, you you and I have talked about that quite a few times. Mm -hmm. Well, Hey, we could once again, talk about this for a lot longer. Um, but I would love to jump ahead to ladies. What are some resources, podcasts, articles, books, or anything else that you found beneficial? Um, I know that uh, one of the books in the Resource Center is The Accidental Feminist. Um, Both Emily and I have read that and talked about it uh, with each other. So that's a a great resource. Um, Also, there's an article on Desiring God called uh, Wise Women Build Homes, Motherhood's Lasting Influence, and the Elizabeth Elliott podcast is great she's just a wonderful encourager and i would also say any of her books um, are also fantastic yeah i had a couple that i had elizabeth alley podcast that's been a great one that's like her, i think it's her granddaughter that mm-hmm. has just collected all of her all of her talks so that's a sweet one um i am a big like i just like stories so i like missionary biographies mm-hmm. So um, the one I wrote down was The Hiding Place, which is the story of Corey Ten Boom. So mm-hmm. I'd encourage like single women too that are trying to figure out their role, read a biography of a Christian woman who was not married mm-hmm. like Corey Ten Boom. Um, it's, it's really encouraging. And um, I like my daughters and kids to read those as well because mm-hmm. I think those are, those are yeah. awesome. I always say like, go to the people who have already died. Yeah. <laughs> um, because like they stood like the test of time. Right. And... Um, yeah, look to to past missionaries. Yeah, they will encourage you um, in ways you never thought that you needed. Yeah. Right. Well, and in that, like uh, we we've talked a lot about uh, Amy Carmichael, who was mm-hmm. like an incredible influence for uh, Elizabeth Elliot, and we actually like named one our last daughter after Amelia Carmichael. So, uh, and so I think she's a, a another like missionary that I would. 100 mm-hmm. percent right. i think a great point of saying like for single women who are looking for like how do i serve the lord uh in singleness and uh man that's a beautiful yeah. beautiful picture yeah. of that there's a series called christian heroes that's a bunch of missionary yes. biographies that even your kids can read and mm-hmm. you can read aloud together so that's a good good source that's awesome Hey, well, we appreciate your time. Uh, Hopefully this was beneficial to those of you listening. And we probably didn't cover all the topics or all the things we could have, but hopefully this spurs you on and encourages you in your walk with Christ. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritascr.church and put podcast in the subject line.